Hey everyone, and welcome to Do I Still Love It? The show that makes all of our fans say, oh yeah, I remember that. We're your hosts, Marshall James. And Laura Weiss. And uh, every week we invite a friend onto the show to watch a movie or TV show we remember loving when we were kids to see whether or not we still love them now that we're able-bodied adult people. And uh, <laughs> the uh, the person to join us today is actor-writer Rukmani K. Desai. Hi. Hey, thanks for being on here, uh, Rookie, as you are known to your friends, which I like to count myself as one. Yes, you are. Um, Rookie, tell us a little bit about um, like projects you have going on right now. Well, thank you so much for having me again, and I think you're very funny and talented, too. Oh, As are so you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, let's see. Um, I It's 2017, so I'm doing that hippie thing where I'm setting a lot of intentions for, for things <laughs> yeah. that I want to do. So I've, uh, I'm still a part of a duo improv uh, two-woman team called The Tinies with uh, Megan Koje. We're both really tall people yeah so. <laughs> they they are the uh, the improv duo with a combined height of under 10 feet yes so <laughs> yes so doing that um and i'm still writing a pilot it's like a mockumentary about djs oh man yeah it's it's does it pretty, have a name yet it's called disc jockey so original okay. right uh-huh. um and it's yeah it's just sort of like my own uh sarcastic take on um the so la culture so that's going on, and then you know, auditioning, hustling, trying to Do, yeah, remain doing active. the uh, the comedian and actress hustle. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> totally. You know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, and so we're, we've had you on to do a movie that I had, I. I'm sure I would have completely forgotten and never thought of again had you not enthusiastically said, oh my gosh, can we watch Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme, the Shelley Duvall musical? And I was like, holy shit, I have not thought about that movie <laughs> probably since the credits rolled on it the last time I saw it when I was like eight. Tell us a little bit about Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme, because I, I imagine this is probably the most easily the most obscure thing we've done on the show so far. It's true. I've never even heard of this, so, so I'm excited. It's this Shelley Duvall movie, and um, I think I have such a distinct memory of it because back in the day before, you know, on demand and DVR, I would wait for this movie to come on the Disney Channel, and I would check the schedule, like... I think it was like every summer break, I would just wait for this movie. Like incessantly. days and weeks and Days months. and weeks. And I would get so excited because they would like play it like once every five or six months. And I just remember <laughs> it being really um, colorful. I remember it being like super like... I don't know. Was it made in the 90s or was it the 80s? Uh, yeah, so it was made in 1991. Okay. Um, so it was definitely like... It, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, it came out in a time where not necessarily every... Like, it was way before DVR. Yeah. And not necessarily even everyone has a VCR, like, at the time. So you And also, you're like a kid. Like, you don't remember to yeah, tape things. No. You know? And I, and I, I always... Um, I always got excited to see Shelley Duvall. And it's... Because, you know, when I was... A kid, I didn't really know about The Shining, oh, but yeah. I knew about Fairy Tale Theater. Like that, <laughs> was, that was that show was dope shit. Okay, <laughs> I thought that show was amazing, and so I got so excited to see her. And I just remember, um, it was just like a really gnarly movie. I, I have a very distinct memory of a scene invol- involving Humpty Dumpty. 
So what age range are we talking here when you were, like, oh. really on the beat for this movie? On the beat. Yeah. Um, gosh. So I would say maybe seven or eight, okay. I would okay. say. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's. I think that's about the age I'm thinking of. Like, it was definitely, like, yeah. first, second, third grade-ish is when I remember seeing it. And it's funny you brought up Shelley Duvall because the one thing that makes – this movie stand out to me is that Shelley Duvall, like to me, at least to my young self, greatly resembled my cousin Dovit. Oh. Uh, I have a I have a cousin Dovit who is also very like slender, very slender faced, um, but big eyed like Shelley Duvall is, you know? Yeah. Like Shelley Duvall has almost kind of a, uh, you know, she's very sort of waifish, but not in the like, in the sort of model way. She's just very slender. And I think it, it lends to in The Shining, her seeming kind of, like, she adds to, like, the scary ambiance of everything because she herself <laughs> looks like she's constantly terrified. Um, and then, you know, like, and Jack Nicholson constantly looks like he's about to murder somebody. So, like, together they were a very creepy family. Yeah. But then in Mother Goose, obviously in, in this, she's, like, you know, um, she plays, like, like, Either like Little Miss Muffet or oh no, she's playing Bo Peep, right? Yeah, I think it's Bo Peep. She's looking for her sheep the whole time. Yeah, um, oh, yeah man, and so she's like job. all smiles and stuff. Wait, huh? Okay, that rings a bell. Yeah. Do you kind of remember it now? I don't remember it at all, but I understand given the time period that yeah. it is very possible that we will sit down, we will watch, and I'll be like. Oh, this thing that's living deep, deep, yeah. deep in the recess of my brain. Well, and I think for me, it's, and again, because a lot of people associate, like, the first thing they hear, or the first thing they think of when they hear Shelley Duvall is The Shining. But for me, I think about this movie and fairy tale theater, and there's just so something so comforting about her voice to me, mm-hmm. um, because I just associate it with my childhood. Uh, and that's such a lovely switch from the average person thinking of the yeah, Shining. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and I think and I think people. I mean, man, I I I love Stanley Kubrick. Um, I love his films, but you know, I but read you love about Mother Goose more. It seems. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> Mother Goose more. But I mean, I I read about how what a hard time she had shooting The Shining, yeah. and so I think that's always been sort of like a weird thing in the back of my head. Even when I watch a movie that brilliant, I was like, man, she she suffered through yeah. this shoot. Whereas I don't know, maybe she suffered through Mother Goose. Maybe she had a very <laughs> right. maybe a different kind of suffering. Director. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, I, I, I'll I always associate Charlotte Duvall with a very comforting time in my childhood. As best as you can remember, briefly, what is the plot of Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme? What's Mother, this about? Um, well, you kind of jogged my memory with the Bo Peep thing. So as far as I remember, there's something going on where something is off kilter in this sort of um, fairy tale world and Shelley Duvall for some reason as Bo Peep has to help put all of these um things back together again like Humpty Dumpty and um I I feel there's other characters too but I think that like something is going on with the fairy tale world where she she has to sort of help piece it back together mm. that's cool. all I remember and just really wacky colors and 90s outfits <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. My general impression is that this is sort of like Into the Woods, but whereas like Into the Woods is more like 
Hans Christian Andersen slash Brothers Grimm stories, this is like an Into the Woods that's all about Mother Goose characters. Yes. And I and I do remember there there being some like embarrassingly awkward hip hop hip hop quote unquote sequences. Oh, and that's the type of stuff I like on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so. Early nineties, like oh, this is what the hip hop is like, <laughs> yes. right, kids? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I think there's random celebrity cameos. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. This definitely kind of falls into like the hocus pocus. Like this is something Disney made yes. with the intent to be able to put it on television and then just like you said, put it on television about once every six months, couple times a year. Well, this actually sounds a lot like the live action Alice in Wonderland. That, that TV show. So Do you remember uh, the TV show? The, the TV movie. It was the like a two piece movie. It was in 1984 and it <gasps> I was obsessed about. with it. It had like Every actor from Carol Channing was in it. Red Buttons was yes. in it. Sammy Davis Jr. was in it. Um, insanely obscure. But um, I I own it because <laughs> I loved I, it so much. I and in it. you explaining what you're explaining right now, I'm like, this sounds like Rookie's version of the of Alice in the, Wonderland. Of Alice in yeah. Wonderland. I, mm-hmm. I saw that Alice in Wonderland, I think, after I... Do you remember the show that was on Disney? Um, I uh, vague, vaguely. Yeah. yeah, I so I was a big fan of that, and mm-hmm. then I remember I was staying at my aunt's house once, and I thought the show was on, but it was that oh, movie. Mm-hmm. And oh, that movie is weird. Wow. It is so weird. But I, don't you love so, the weirdness? Though? Oh my god! Yeah, no, my brother is way older than me, and so my parents actually, for some reason, had a VCR really early, uh-huh. and so it was in 1984 that it came out and my parents actually VCR taped it for my brother uh-huh. but I got all my brother's hand-me-downs so I have been watching that movie since like birth oh and just wearing out that VHS wearing out that VHS and really just imprinting the weirdness of that into my personality which I think is actually pretty on point but um, <laughs> the the big thing was there there were weird musical numbers that seemed totally out of oh place and I'm really excited to see oh, this yeah, rock and rhyme musical numbers thing. were yeah. so yeah. random I'm really excited to see this rock and rhyme thing to see if it has the same kind of funny like w- weird how, why why did they make it like this? And how I'm excited to see if it stands up to adults. Right? This cause Could I ask you both a question? Has anyone ever gotten like emotional revisiting childhood? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm trying, you know, no, I'm not yet. No? no, I don't think anybody has got I got super emotional when I watched The Little Mermaid for two separate reasons. Mm-hmm. In the moment, I was getting like full body chills, like listening to the songs. Yeah. And then we got to the section where Ursula basically tells her that men don't care about what you have to say and that the only thing that matters is that you're pretty. Yeah. And then my entire childhood collapsed in on itself and I was like, oh my God, the years of therapy that had uh, that I had based around the fact that this was my favorite movie as a child. Oh God, oh God. Uh, so basically, at the same time, I had super mega awesome feelings and just wanted to cry wanted, that yeah. I had been subjected to that terrible message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think Rock and Rhyme has that type of messaging. What will that we don't we, know. Yeah, we'll see. But I think I'm the only person that's gotten emotional. I, I, I cry at two commercials. Though, so <laughs> I could get emotional, and I'm, you know, emotional. Marshall, Marshall will tell you I'm also a big crier. So yeah, yes, it's it's, like- it's true. Although, I, in general, in general, I think because we haven't, yeah, with the exception of like Little Mermaid being such a personal movie to Laura, I don't think we have watched anything yet that is, has truly evoked, like, gotten us out of hmm, watching it for content mode. You know, what I mean? <laughs> right, right, yeah. um, right. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody has come on being like, I can't wait. I can't, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's more people are like, oh man, I can't wait to watch this. I'm like, I'm really, super, really I'm super hyped. excited that you're like, what if I get teary? Because I'm like, yes, that's what it's supposed so to be. I get so emotional. And I think, I mean, also it's like, you know, especially movies are something a, that was like a comfort blanket for you. Yeah, yeah. especially when we're living in such uncomforting times, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I might get weepy. We'll see. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm here for it. I'm looking so forward to it. So do you think you will still love it? I think I will still love it. I think Yay! it'll be... All right. I think it'll be very cheesy and very embarrassing and very dated, but um, I think I'll love it. All right. Great. I like your... You, you have tempered <laughs> expectations, yeah. but a lot of positivity, and I think that's exactly the way to go into this. <laughs> Great. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you guys let us know how emotionally struck you are when you watch uh, Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. It's available complete in its entirety on YouTube, so... Uh, won't you take a moment and watch Shelley Duvall in Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme with us? Not too far away, there's a place called Rhymeland, home to some pretty <laughs> interesting characters. I'm little Bo Peep and I've lost my sheep and I don't know where to find them. It's a place where Mother Goose rules the roost and classic fairy tales come to life like never before. Hi, Humpty! Long time no see! So come along as we travel to Rhineland in a magical musical video adventure from Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Mother Goose, rock and ride. When Mother Goose winds up missing, You've got to save me! It's up to Little Bo Peep and friends to find her before all the stories in Rhineland disappear. It's a very woolly emergency. Join in on the search with Little Miss Muffet. Can I fill your tuffet? Jack and Jill. Unfortunately, there are a couple of klutzes. And many, many more. Don't miss all your favorite stars, starring as all your favorite fairy tale friends. Get ready for Music and Mayhem, brought to you by the one and only Shelley Duvall. Great! Don't miss Shelley Duvall's Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme, now available on home video from Lyric Studios. Okay, and we're back. <laughs> that was Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme. And... Uh, I'm just going to, in one sentence, tell me how much this did or did not uh, seem like exactly the same movie you saw as a kid. It seemed like the same movie, but a little darker and definitely creepier now that I understood all of the innuendo. Right, right. Yeah. And, and much more star-studded than memory serves, correct? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right, yes. so I am just going to read you the cast list. Okay, so Cindy Lauper, uh, Bobby Brown as Three Blind Mice. He played three mice uh -huh. that did some killer dance moves. Shelley Duvall, as we mentioned. Art Garfunkel as Georgie Porgy. Terry Garr as Jill of Jack and Jill. Woody Harrelson is a very creepy, overweight lamb. <laughs> Debbie Harry, Little Richard, Howie Mandel as Humpty Dumpty, Cheech Marin, Katie Seagal as Mary Quiet Quinturi, Gary Shandling, Paul Simon, Brian Setzer Orchestra, Ben Vereen, ZZ Top was in this, and then in special guest appearances, you have one of the Jackson brothers and Dweezil Zappa, among and others. The Red Hot Chili Peppers Hot Chili were in Peppers. this movie. They aren't even credited, guys. <laughs> so this, yeah, this movie, because this movie came out in 1990, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers really weren't a thing yet. Like, because Under the Bridge was just, like, their big, like, breakout tune. I think that was, like, 93 or 92 How'd you or get your start, guys? 
we had an uncredited role on uh, <laughs> as old King Cole's band. Yeah, yeah and uh, Mother Goose's Rockin' Man. You spend most of the movie just going, Gary Shandling? You know, like, that's a, a, He's so young. He's he so was young. He's a baby. And, and yes, he looked like Zach Braff. He looks quite a bit like a Zach Braff, or even vaguely, uh, as Rookie said, looks a bit like Gilbert Gottfried. So let's jump right into it. So, okay, so. <laughs> It is basically uh, a movie where the the basic plot holds in that Mother Goose has gone missing, and her super normie son named Gordon, who is like a sociopath Trump supporter. <laughs> he is, right? Oh, it, he is. He is. The whole time he wears a baseball cap, and if it had been red with "Make America Great Again" on it, it would not have surprised him. Make Rhymeland normal again is yes. what I would have said. Yeah, and he's like, oh. Because it was never normal. Right. Rhymeland was never, never normal. normal. And America was never very great. <laughs> and and like, and like, he's always making these comments about how, yeah, the rhymies are so sensitive. Did I hurt their little snowflake feelings? Like, yeah. it just, it, it, it had like, I mean, I don't think the intent was there when they wrote it, but it had a deeper <laughs> really, socio-political meaning watching it now. There was a lot of that in this movie, which yeah. was really surprising. <laughs> it's funny, I looked at Marshall earlier today when I was like, wait, what are movie are we doing again? And I was like, oh, well, that's going to be a nothing fluff piece. That'll take us, like, 20 minutes to talk about. And now I'm like, boy, was I ever wrong. It's <laughs> a lot to unpack. Yeah. So, so yeah, so basically the idea is that Rhymeland is, uh, is like, a, a kind of a weird, wacky place where all of Mother Goose's rhymes are living, breathing individuals who, in almost sort of a terrifying Sisyphusian idea have to repeat the actions of their rhyme on a daily basis. <laughs> like Which Jack works and Jill, out well for some people, but yeah. really not for others. Yeah, like Jack and Jill have to literally every single day fall down a hill and hurt themselves. And Mary has a lamb following her around and she's and it's Cindy Lauper and she's like, I've lost two husbands because of Lou, the lamb. And it's Woody Harrelson and Woody Harrelson's just like, yeah, I, you just go. I'm just gonna follow you, and it's like this this sad existence, and they don't hide that. Yeah, like no, like Normie Mc McGordon uh. is is like actively pointing out how sad uh, Mary and the Lamb's life is to them. Yeah, yeah, in a very like rude. This scene movie either. does not like does not like sugarcoat much no oh and fun fact the guy who plays Gordon Goose we were like looking him up on IMDb. And he is like an Academy Award nominated screenwriter and uh -huh. director. Like he directed Nightcrawler. And yeah. He also and dated Madonna guy. Yeah. He dated Madonna. And it's and so weird. And his name is just a second. His Dan name Gilroy, is, I think. Yeah, Dan Gilroy. And he yeah. used to be the lead singer of a band called The Breakfast Club. <laughs> hmm. And and yet this whole movie, uh, he's playing this like very unlikable square. <laughs> so unlikable. Because yeah, so in a world where everybody is this is the kind of a weirdo uh, carnival performer, rhyme living rhyme person, Gordon is a total normie. He wears his. Sh blue jeans with his shirt tucked into it and it's buttoned all the way to the top but without a tie on. And it's his only outfit and the very, very first scene he looks into his closet and he, he has like has five copies of that outfit and he's yep. just like, mm, here we go, my normie outfit. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting because him as a normie square is presented always as the shittiest person in any given scene. And so the movie does have this uh, kind of message going through it that I appreciate that was like, look at all the weirdos having fun or being true to themselves, and Gordon is just a, like a sourpuss the whole time. Yeah, there's actually a really great line when he's riding around with Little Bo Peep, and um, he's like, 
gosh, all these people are just like the weirdest people I've ever met. And everybody acts in a way I don't expect. And she's like, I know, isn't it heaven on earth? (laughs) And I thought that was such a great, just like single snippet of this movie to really understand the story that it's trying to tell. Mm -hmm. It is difficult though, because they made him so unlikable for so long that there's no real way to redeem himself fully. Mm -hmm. And so you're still like, yeah... Like, yeah. yeah, at the very end, you know, he does get, he does kind of redeem and we'll talk about why later. But, um, yeah, it was very hard to accept the character as one of the people in Rhymeland because he was like so mean for so much of it. He was really nasty. I feel like from an acting perspective, I would have yeah. liked to see a little bit more of an arc, maybe from a writing perspective, you know? Especially uh, for him to earn, <laughs> to earn what happens at the end. Yes, you know? I don't, well. Because she's so, you know... Bo Peep is so charming and darling and yeah. kind of... He gets the girl and he yeah, does not deserve her. he doesn't deserve her. Right. If anything, if anything, Bo Peep's sort of our hero and, and uh, like... And I have a new while, love for Shelley Duvall that I never had she, before. She's great. Totally, really great. And I want her outfit so bad. I know. I'm aware to burn it. Yeah, I know. She <laughs> she was adorable and had a really cool costume the whole time and was very, was like very likable. Oh, like, very likable. Um... In, but in, not, but not like saccharine in any way. She was a pretty sincere character, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, given that she's a uh, that she's a rhyme character that had to stay like committed to this character for an hour and a half film because she's in every scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like that she wasn't. Um, I mean, in general, I like it when people don't try to be cool and they're just themselves. Yeah, and so that I think was that's what much. made her so mm-hmm. likable. It was just. She was this sort of eccentric, kind person living totally. in Rhineland. Yeah, so the basic the basic premise here is because uh, Mother Goose has gone missing and her absence is making the rhyme character start disappearing. And little Bo Peep, uh, who has also, as you know, lost her sheep and has to search for them constantly. In a way... The, <laughs> okay. In a way, the, Rhymeland is like Dante's Inferno. Everybody is stuck <laughs> repeating the same thing over and over again. Like little boat, like it's a charming, happy version of Dante's Inferno. A merry but, one. But almost every the the movie is mostly just uh like twenty vignettes in a row, and mm-hmm. each vignette is a different rhyme where they meet the characters central to that rhyme, with the intent of trying to find uh, Mother Goose. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Gordon McNormie, also known as Gordon Goose, and Bo Peep driving around in her cute little pup-pup pink car that she only drives backwards and um, communicating with everyone from the Itsy Bitsy Spider to the Crooked Man and the Dog and, and all of these different vignettes yeah. trying to find her. And it is interesting, like, we could talk about every single one of those separately, but for the first hour, you're really just wandering, getting no information, just meeting section after section after section. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to get some, like, initial thoughts from you, Rookie, about the the art design of this, because I think it's the thing that really stands out. I think it's, I, it's, it's exactly as I remember it. It, um, it's so over the top and although this movie came out in the early 90s it kind of reminded me of the 80s oh yeah with yeah. just like the big colors and and just like the for lack of a better word just the bigness of everything um and there was so much play yeah uh yeah it was just sort of 
80s-slash-90s-tastic. That's, like, the best way <laughs> I, I... The best way I can describe it. Yeah, it looked very much, if you guys remember, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh, yeah. like, yes. Definitely, like you said, bigness. Every chair is much bigger than it needs to be. I mean, almost to the point where Mother Goose's house just seems like a blatant rip-off like, of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. yeah, Mother Goose's house is Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, they yeah. Even, there is even a chair that has eyeballs. Yeah. Um, something about the art design that I found really interesting is I swear that they had a $5 budget for art design. <laughs> I mean, take costumes out of it, but everything was done on a sound stage and it was very clear and it looked like the ceiling had been paper mache and then had like padding that you put in stuffed animals just like yeah, batting. Duct- there, yeah. yeah, batting just like duct taped to the ceiling. And but for some reason for clouds, for clouds yeah. Um and it was it was not an effective it was, it was only effective in as much as I would accept that if that was a first grade play. And <laughs> but I do think that, that was however, maybe the quali- yeah. that was maybe the point is it yeah. did seem kind of like school it play. It totally worked. Yeah. yeah. It totally worked. And I mean, like after I read you that cast of characters, like, yeah, of course they had a $5 budget. They hired every person on the planet to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, the clouds are the thing that struck me. Struck me. It yeah. just the the clouds that they used were it very much reminded me of projects you'd make in first grade mm-hmm. with construction paper, and you'd glue on the little cotton balls it for did, clouds. Yeah, it did seem like they were walking around in a grade school diorama. Like, <laughs> yes. like if it's like like a <laughs> little did. second grade rookie, like, all right, you're gonna make a little shoebox diorama of your favorite Mother Goose rhyme, and then and you're, you're gonna put Debbie Harry in it. Yeah, yeah. yes, and Cindy Lauper. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> which okay. I, I don't want to necessarily t- like talk about every vignette, but I feel like we have to talk about Cindy Lauper and Woody Harrelson oh gosh, as Mary yeah, and her I, little lamb. Yeah, I brought it up. It yeah. was so dark. It so, was really dark. So Mary, who had a little lamb, lives in a trailer home with her lamb, who, when the the two characters came on screen, this was the moment I was like, okay, now I fully remember watching this movie, because Woody Harrelson plays a very adult, portly, with a pork pie hat and a vest... Like, and the sad, sad look of a person whose dreams have been dashed over decades. <laughs> right. Uh, chomping on a cigar. Like, they look like the most unhappy married couple. But, of course, they're not married. He's just doomed, you find out doomed that, to forever follow her because of their rhyme. And you find out that she has lost two husbands because, the, because Lou the Lamb will not leave. Right. They this is so kind of the beginning unhappy. of us noticing that almost every little scene... Is got a like a melancholy undertone to it, which I don't think I'd realize like how kind of sad some Mother Goose rhymes are. It's about people trying to fulfill impossible tasks or stuck in a you know of hurting themselves or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, it it. I don't know. I something <laughs> something I noticed was um, especially it started to become apparent to me during Cindy's scene. Um, all of the younger women all had super sexy outfits, like mm-hmm. bustiers and swimsuits and crop tops. And the men were just completely covered. Or, like, they were just, like, wearing, like, funny, funny outfits. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I'm going back to thinking about the Mother Goose books. Mm-hmm. And I remember I remember the uh, the actual drawings inside the Mother Goose books. And they were all, like flouncy skirted girls yeah and so i'm i'm thinking about it and i'm like these are adult women that are obviously playing roles that when we imagined them usually as kids were like 
eight, nine, ten-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I feel as though they still put them in outfits that kind of were reminiscent of the stories that I remember, but they were full-formed women inside of, like, baby doll yeah. outfits. Yeah. It did have a bit of a Barbie, like, yeah. there was something it also sexy did, about it, but it, yeah. also, like, a tradition, like, it was kind of weird. I like, really did feel like a lot of them were, were dressed like my gem and Barbie dolls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, like, pop stars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely 80s, 80s pop star going on there. I mean, we had some in there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Just to kind of wrap things up, on the Cindy Lauper, Woody Harrelson, Mary Little Lamb scene, uh, Gordon, being the kind of asshole that he is, says that their life, as they describe it to him, is so sad that they should just take a nosedive into an empty pool. No, I think what he meant was your life was a nosedive into an empty pool. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, your life was a suicide. Is like, like, your yeah. life couldn't be more bad. Yeah. Oh. How embarrassing for you. Because he mentioned that in high school, he had taken Mary out on a date and Lou the Lamb had sat in the middle when they were at a movie. Oh. Oh, right, right. You know, so he knew her in the past. Yeah. They so nosedive into an empty pool was a judgment of how far she has fallen since she was in high school. As if his life has gotten so great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, side note. So he's saying that he's just gotten back from college and he's home for the summer, which that doesn't make any sense because where's the college in Rhineland where normal people go? Right. But... This man is, no question, at least 35 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. he's he's way up there. There's also a point when uh, we start to get the impression that Mother Goose maybe had... Uh, there comes a point when we get the impression that Mother Goose has actually left Rhineland entirely, and that's the reason why the characters are disappearing. And uh, one at one point, the Itsy Bitsy Spider, who shows up a couple times by played by Ben Vereen, um, <laughs> wonderfully by Ben Vereen, uh, he, he's so he's, he's so great, phenomenal. Uh, he he is like, oh, uh, hands came and got her like aliens, and G- and Gordon goes, aliens? What are you trying? What what sort of lie is that? And I'm like. Dude, you live in a fairy tale book <laughs> and you're being dubious about aliens. I also want to point out while we're talking about Ben Vereen that his his character talked like this and he talked really, really high. And then every once in a while, if Gordon said something shitty, he'd be like, shut up, boy. <laughs> and then he would bounce right back into the voice like this. And it was so weird and creepy and it would have given me nightmares as a child. <laughs> well, can we talk about the scene where he, they're at uh, Little Miss Muffet's house? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he and, um, yeah, he appears and then right before he disappears, well, there's this really odd dance sequence and I think they just threw that in there. So they're like, let's have Ben Vereen show off his amazing dancing skills. Um, and the like, thing is, this is 1990, so he was getting up there in age. Yeah. So I was very impressed. Yeah, well, I mean, Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen, right? Oh, right. Um, but he does this, like, wacky dance sequence where these where there's all these, like, odd lights. And I think, is it is it Pia Zadora who's in the background dancing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's like, do, like, you see her silhouette in this, like, sexy outfit. And she, like disappears and he's like gotta go make things up to her and it was and then he was like she's just playing hard to get yeah and when she breaks into her house (laughs) and when she like when he laughs at her being scared she disappears into a bed the mattress yeah so it's such an it's an odd it was very unsettling yeah when he said when he said she's just playing hard to get 
I was very unimpressed with the messaging. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like I don't. Woman yeah. is horribly afraid of you. You break into her home. She hides. And then you laugh and say, oh, she's just playing hard to get. You are a creeper. And then the fact that she's, like, really scared of him, but then does this, like, sexy little silhouette, like, right. I want you. It, it was very odd. You know, yeah. And, agreed. <laughs> while we're talking about this messaging, this is something that, as a child, I think, not, not specifically the scene, but this idea of playing hard to get is... I think one of the more toxic ideas that is wound up in romance talk in general, because as a child, I know myself and several young boys, we were always like, I don't get hard to get. Why would you run away from someone who you like if they are showing that they like you? And if boys are taught that when a girl like rejects you, that she may still be into you, and it's a game called Hard to Get, that makes no logical sense to children. <clears throat> rape culture. <clears throat> that's, rape that's culture, rape culture. It makes no logical sense to little boys. And I remember being like, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you just, well, I, I said I like you, people. you know, why wouldn't someone just say, oh, cool, I like you back, or no, I don't like you, and we are there's no subtext. Why must there be subtext? And so this idea that there could be a I still like you even though I rejected you subtext, I think is like the foundation, like this hard to get idea is sort of the foundation of this like, I'm just going to keep being persistent until the girl gives in, like, mentality that's, like, so yeah, yeah, fucked up yeah. around dating now. So, anyway, by the by the end of the movie, we find out uh, that uh, Mother Goose has been kind of taken out of a Mother Goose rhyme book by a little boy. And uh, I called it, totally figured out when they were did. talking about space aliens, that it was a little kid that stole her. Never saw this movie. I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and so the actor who plays the little boy, Michael, was on Family Ties back in the day. Like, he was a bit of a kind of a child star. He was a child actor, and he was also in Star Trek. His name was Brian Bonsall. Was he in Blank Check or is that somebody else? He was in Blank Check. I remember him. That was a Josh Disney movie. He starred in Blank Check with with Bob Saget. Oh, no. And co-starred with Bob Saget in the TV movie comedy Father and Scout. Oh. And he was also on the television show Super Mario Brothers. Super show. Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, after... uh, after about 10 years of that, he seemed to not like acting anymore. So instead, he decided to play in a band and get arrested all the time. For assaulting various girlfriends. He, is he yeah. doing better these days? Or you know, still... in, as of 2016, Bonsall has been touring with a rock band, the Ataris. Oh, wow. Oh. Who knew the Ataris were still a thing? I, uh, I don't know. I mean, apparently, uh, Mr. Bonsall knows. mm and he's the only one. Can we talk about how Edith Bunker's in this movie? As Mother Goose. That's pretty trippy. Um, I, yeah, my my uh, my parents, there was a period of time, I don't remember whether it was TV Land or Nick at Night was doing reruns of All in the Family, so I kind of rediscovered, or discovered who she was. Uh-huh. Um, because I remember Gene Stapleton also did um, Miss... Miss Piggle Wiggle? There was like a live action version of the book. Did you guys ever read Miss Piggle Wiggle? You had a totally different childhood than me. (laughs) I love all this stuff you keep bringing up. I'm like, I've never heard of this. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is why though. Because back in the day when Blockbuster was still around, kids, there was this amazing video store called Blockbuster. Yes. Um, 
my parents every week they would let my brother and I each pick out a movie and I would just pick random random things and I think that's how I came across that's awesome Miss Piggle Wiggle like the live action version of Miss Piggle Wiggle oh wow and it's is this a really like a good name is this like yeah. a book a children's it's book? a children's book and I think it's yeah I think it was Piggle Wiggle yeah she each each like book was like a lesson and she was sort of much like Shelley Duvall's character, eccentric and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was really cool. Look, <laughs> I feel like such a dork, but I embrace yeah. it. I embrace it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I mean, if there's any message that we get from this uh, from this movie, it's to embrace your your own personal weirdness. Because even by the end, uh, Gordon himself is told by Mother Goose, dun, 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 that you have been a Rhyme your whole life and not known it uh, because oh she wrote it. It's, like, because he finds it's it. like giving someone, a, it's like giving a racist a genetic test and being like, oh, <gasps> oh. turns out you're, you've been half black the whole time. Uh, so it turns out he's he's a rhymey and he was her first rhyme, rhyme and was a terrible rhyme. But she loves him anyway, which is She weird. looked him in the face <laughs> and said, hey, the thing uh, that the way I created you was so embarrassing for me that I lied to everyone, including you, about what you are. She because said, I couldn't face it. She's just like, basically, you're mediocre, but I love you anyway. Yeah. So, but, which was really fitting for him. Yeah, because he was quite the mediocre. <laughs> so, um, Soroki, would you say this movie was appropriate viewing for yourself as a child now that you see it as an adult? Oh, I think, I think young kids watching the movie back in the day, all of the adult humor kind of went over our heads. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think I was a little young to be watching this stuff. It was very dark. Yeah. Um, it was dark. I mean, we can't forget that there was a there was a scene where um, Little Richard as the king. Oh yeah. He was very authoritarian king. Yeah. And basically, was like, oh, you came in here and want to talk about something serious? Uh, no, I'm going to throw you in a dungeon until you know how to be happy. And he throws Gordon into a dungeon, and then there's like a kiss style band down there trying to scare him. And then these two guys chain him up to the wall and tickle him with feathers. To try and make him have a good time because the king demands that everyone have a good time. Who does this sound like, you all? Who does this sound like? It is weird because it's when Gordon and Bo Peep are there to, like, essentially ask the king for help. And his response is, help? You don't need help. You need to be happy. I'm going to torture you (laughs) until you're happy. Um, This crazy despot king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was probably the darkest part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I like watching it. I think that was the thing that kept striking me is that like every, all the relationships, Jack and Jill, Mary and her lamb, uh, like the overwhelmed woman in the shoe, everybody seemed to be in the middle of some dark and trying time in their lives and stuck there because of this rhyme. Eternally. And so... I was kind of a sensitive kid. Like, I couldn't watch Charlie, the Charlie Brown stuff very much because Charlie Brown is such a sad character, and I would feel really sad for him. And I felt like if I had watched this kid a lot, this this, uh, movie, um, Rock and Rhyme, a lot as a child, I think I would have been touched by how sad (laughs) some of these people's lives were. I think maybe this is a reason why I didn't watch it so much because it seems like so many of the Rhymies are living unhappy lives. 
I think I was just caught up in um, the otherworldliness of it all and just sort right. of just like... It is a pretty trippy world. It's a trippy world. And I, I had a very... Uh, a very like active imagination when I was little. Mm -hmm. So I think that appealed to me. And I think the sad parts, I I honestly think they just went over my head. I think I was just caught up in the the etherealness of it all. Speaking of trippiness, um, the ultimate trippy part in this is toward the end when they ride the cow that jumps over the moon up into outer (laughs) space to take him to the real world, to take them to the real world so they can get Mother Goose back. And it's... Just a feat in bad special effects. Right. There's a moment where it's a real cow, but then the moment that they have to, that Bo Peep. It was a real cow at one point? Yes. It was. So it was when a Bo, real cow. So Bo Peep meets the cow, and it's a real cow with a hat on. And she goes, <laughs> Can you help us? And then cut to her and Gordon on the back of a obviously fake cow. Plastic, non moving cow. cow. So fake. So right. And it's one of the, it's one of the worst of all the art direction and the thing in the whole movie, and they play up this cow jump that la- the scene lasts like two minutes of watching them on this obvious fake cow. Yeah, they're on a miming. fake cow, and it's, the camera's directly on them, and in the background, there is just what Marshall called a screensaver of stars just flying back past <laughs> the sp- in the background it, I mean, to make it look like they're moving. Most accurate description. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So <laughs> so they just used a window screensaver to simulate jumping to the moon on this fake cow. And the scene goes on for like two minutes. There's like a point where we're watching it, laughing at how fake it is. And then we stopped laughing. It's still going on. And then Rookie goes, they're still going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's like the Hot Wheels tracks that they had yeah. for the aerial oh, car yeah. scenes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you'll see these like little remote control cars on tracks to be little. Well, there's car. like voiceover of them talking, quote unquote, in the car. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing that we like with this many celebrity cameos, we kept talking about. Uh, like how it would remind us of modern celebrities. And so I think, like Laura suggested, it'd be a fun idea to kind of throw out some ideas. If we were to do Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme with today's celebrities, and I think you started off great with who should be Bo Peep. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Katy Perry would be a great Bo Peep. I haven't seen her act, though. Uh, Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I think her character is such such a sweet, up-spirited person that I feel like it'd be easy enough to play. It's true. And um And Zach Braff is Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Braff is Jack. See ya, see us Jill. Right, because so Jill in this is wearing almost a, a kind of a, a Sia wig without the right coloring, but like with the big bow on top and everything. So it would be funny if Sia and Zach Braff were <laughs> Jack and Jill. Guys, who would be Gordon? Oh, that's a tough oh, one. I bet Gordon would be who is the guy on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia who plays um <laughs> Uh, oh, not Mac, but the one without the beard. The brother. The brother. Yeah. Uh, Sweet D's brother. That's pretty good. That's oh, that's pretty good casting. Do you know who I would think would be a good alternate, though? Who? Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yes, Wouldn't Jesse Eisenberg great? always seems upset about something. He actually, I went to a Q&A he did uh, about this independent film that he was on, and he actually was really lovely uh-huh. talked very fast he processed information very very fast but yeah i i kept i could picture him as gordon goose guys oh. i want to see ryan gosling in this Ooh. Ooh, his last name's gosling. gosling oh my uh, gosh <laughs> he 
would he be? Who would he be? Guys, I want the guys, I want the I listeners at home to Peter know Piper. that Laura. I think he'd be Peter Piper. Who I think he'd make a very charming oh, Peter yeah, Piper. Absolutely yeah. good, good. Uh, but on this last thing, I have to point out, listeners at home, Laura had Ryan Gosling's name out of her mouth before she, the look on her face <laughs> as she realized I've made a pun. <laughs> like, was delightful. Um, <laughs> and 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 Laura, you said that Beyonce should be the queen. Oh yeah, she could be old Queen Cole. Yeah, right. old Queen Cole. Yeah, Queen Cole. Old Queen, queen Cole. Cole. Old Queen Cole was a merry old yeah. soul. Yeah, uh, merry fierce soul. I'm, uh, he, I, I, for I anyone think who Drake doesn't, Drake should me. be a three blind mic. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh! Or uh, I think it'd be Chance the Rapper. That would be fun. That's pretty, nice. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So the voice that Ben Vereen is doing as Itsy Bitsy Spider reminded me of Ron Funches a whole bunch. <laughs> like Ron Funches is a comedian for anyone who has it, who all who has kind of a I would be a higher in seeing vo- him do that dancing. <laughs> but like Ryan Funches is known for having kind of a high uh, like a high giddy voice when and he's doing giggle. his comedy, like and giggling a lot. Probably because he's stoned a lot. But like he would make a great Itsy Bitsy Spider. So Howie Mandel shows up in this at one point as Humpty Dumpty, and it is quite off-putting. The yeah, Humpty it Dumpty is yeah. really the Humpty Dumpty scene. Really creepy. You get to watch him fall and then crack, and I'm pretty sure we watched him die. Yeah, yeah, they make a joke about him as an egg expiring, and I'm like, that means dying. You're watching us. You're making us watch the injury and ultimate death of a broken thing on the ground. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. You know, I will say one thing that I did enjoy about this that that did have a bit in common with Into the Woods was I liked that there were some crossovers of various uh, Mother Goose rhymes. So the implication that Itsy Bitsy Spider is the spider who scares Little Miss Tuffet, Little Miss Muffet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that the um, that the uh, three men in a tub are the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and there's ZZ Top, guys. And there's ZZ Top. Yeah. So ZZ Top floats <laughs> through this in a Cadillac slash bathing tub cross And every hybrid. time it goes through, they don't say anything. They just make motions together, and ZZ Top music is playing. Not ZZ Top ripoff music. Actual, actual ZZ Top just song. It was great. I think the modern version would be like Daft Punk or somebody. Yeah, Daft Punk with their helmets on. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> one more time. Yeah. I love that idea. Uh, we need to make this happen, and I you're want... the casting director. Right? Ooh, yeah. I'm so excited. Who would be Mother Goose, you guys? Oh, my gosh. Betty White. Betty yes! fucking White. Whose is... birthday is today? Holla back. So, yeah, we're this recording this on. we honor you, yeah. Betty. We're recording this on the 95th birthday of American Treasure and everybody's favorite grandma, Betty White. I would love to see Betty White look at someone and be like, you were too mediocre for me to <laughs> own you, so I lied about who you were. That would be great. <laughs> look at Jesse Eisenberg. That was the, honestly, the, the way in which she cut him down at the end, it was just like, that was so enjoyable for me and maybe that's mean of me there was some schadenfreude in there <laughs> mm-hmm. of like you you aren't um a what do they call them rhymies you aren't a rhymey re- you you're just not quite as good as the rhymies that's the issue yeah and that's- who would play like simple Simon? so paul simon was simple simon and Art Gar- Garfunkel was the bartender. So who would be their counterpart? I feel like you really could fit anyone in those two roles. Yeah, this. so and that kind of brings up one thing that I think would be good to talk, touch on is that while this movie does have the plot of trying to find Mother Goose, 
there is also like a lot of like oh let's just put in this scene because we got a celebrity to be in it and uh there's enough mother goose rhymes so like there's a scene where they show up at georgie porgy's like pudding bar and it's just so that art garfunkel can refuse to give them a root beer and then they go driving down the street and they pick up simple simon on his way to the fair and it's played by paul simon and the scene adds nothing and <laughs> well, it's, it's just not, paul no, simon being just, in the movie it's not just paul simon being in the movie it's the character being in the movie because this is all about all of mother goose's characters so they gotta they gotta thread in as many as possible right and that's what i said earlier about how the first hour and 10 minutes of this film doesn't really have much of a forward moving plot because it's really just they're trying to find her as they as they have vignettes with all of Mother Goose's world. Yeah. And in an, in any other situation that would be annoying but that was the point of this and so it worked. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. I agree with that assessment. Rookie, in the event that you have any children yourself, would you show this movie to your kids? I would, but when they were older than I was when I first watched this movie because this is some dark stuff, y'all. <laughs> Life Seven, in the authoritarian regime of yeah. Rhymeland. Yeah. That was that was what kept hitting me. I mean, I guess I was like, oh gosh, I feel like I'm looking into the present slash future. And guys, I don't know if you really thought about this in any context, but the um, uh, old King Cole basically says oh, Mother Goose made us. If she wasn't in this world, all of us would disappear. Basically, they lost their god. Oh, my god! Oh, my gosh. gosh. She is like their god. She created all of them. Oh yeah. Does that make Gordon Goose a Jesus Christ figure? <laughs> no, because it's not actually her son. <gasps> yes. He thought He's he more was. like an Adam. He's her first creation. Yes. A flawed a first flawed creation. A flawed first creation. And then Bo Peep is Eve. So, But in this case, he's the one who falls, and she's the one who saves him. Oh, snap. Snap. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe we're just thinking about this too much. <laughs> But I will say that if we pointed, if we got to point out that like they they're losing their god. That's true. God and, yeah. is God is potentially dead in their world. Right. Oh Though gosh. she's not. Uh, not yeah. in the end. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So in the end, uh, she returns to Rhymeland and everything's okay. And uh, Gordon learns to embrace his inner weirdo, possibly just to get in Little Bo Peep's pants. <laughs> but a little bit, I I felt. It did not feel like it was done very well, and I feel like I needed more of a more of a casually moving arc instead of just a, a train stop at the end of his assholeness. Uh-huh. But at the very end, he's basically like, oh, I feel so weird inside because I'm not a normie, but I'm not a... What, rhymey. Rhymey, what do I do? <laughs> and I could see that he was having a bit of an existential crisis. <laughs> and I feel, you know, anytime that you go through one of those hard experiences in your life where you're asking, who am I? You're going to come out a little weirder on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that it's not just for Bo Peep, but I'm pretty sure she is shepherding him oh! into a new into a, a new age. You are throwing down that Obama dad joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that brings us, I think, to our title question. Rook Money, Desai, do you still love it? I still love it. (laughs) I do. I think it is such, I, I, I always thought it was so trippy and it remained trippy and, um, it's just fun and, and strangely as dark as it is, it's very comforting still. Um, 
so as the other person who did remember watching this as a kid, I think I have to say that I don't still love it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, really? I mean, the ca- that's actually a surprise after this whole conversation. Uh, see, here's, so here's the thing: <laughs> the cameos were were really funny and entertaining. Every, especially when Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> shows up. Like Rookie and I kind of lost it when we realized that we were looking at Flea and Anthony Kiedis like ripping it up. Yeah. Um, and so all the cameos, the cameos are fun, but I think the overall darkness and the the total unlikability of our main character like really started to grate on me. His kind of one note, I hate this. I hate this too. I hate this too. And truth be told, if Shelley Duvall was not, if character was not in this, it would be like unwatchable. She's totally. like, That's she's, true. I she's the treasure that keeps this afloat. Yeah. And I remember on the original cover, it was her on the cover, not only him. her, yeah. just yeah. her. When she's yeah. the, she was like the executive the producer, producer, so yeah. she she was definitely like a big force to push this into being. And I kind of really love that this is the Shelley Duvall of your memory yes. because I have the the terror stricken one, like screaming as Jack Nicholson chops her door down, and you get to have this like very like we were all struck by how like very pretty she is and how like warm her face and expressions are. Like she's a very comforting. Uh, protagonist in this and uh, so I do like I will give credit like Shelley Duvall is very watchable in this yes but I think I think the sadness of the character really (laughs) got to me the whole time um okay so I can't say I still love it but I will say I am so sad this movie was not a part of my childhood. I loved it. It was great. I absolutely loved it. It felt, I talked in um, in the first part of the episode about the live action Alice in Wonderland, which was six years prior to this one. And it felt like the natural next next decade version of that where you just had this bizarre cast where everyone had a three minute cameo and it was just everyone was in super weird you know costumes and it was really trippy and it was dark and it was uncomfortable but it was also extremely endearing and this so fit in with the type of shit I liked as a kid and I am so sad I missed this. Well, I think it also I think that's part of the reason why I love it. It it fits in to the type of weird stuff I liked as a kid, but also the type of weird stuff I like now. Yeah. Like yeah. my favorite sh- <laughs> I mean, I love comedy. We should comedy. watch more stuff together. Yes, we like the same yes, stuff. Yes. I mean, my favorite show right now is Mr. Robot. It's a freaking weird show. It's a dark weird show. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Everything makes sense now. And I feel like I would actually absolutely show this to my kid. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even see it as a kid. And I would totally <laughs> show this to my kid. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel like it would be hard to do something this kind of corny nowadays. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that I don't think would put their career on the line for a really goofy kids thing. Yeah. Um, and so much of it would be CGI. Mm-hmm. So much of it would be computer animated. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be nice if they didn't do it because, like, there is a charm that this and the Alice in Wonderland and, like, The Wiz, mm-hmm. which is, like, another one where they do, like, oh, let's do a musical and put a ton of pop icons all in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I really want to thank uh, Rookmoney K. Desai for being on our podcast. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah. Rookie, where can people find you online if they want to follow your uh, stuff? If they want to follow my stuff, um, they could check out my Twitter. It's at Rook Desai. R-U-K-H-D-E 
S-A-I. Same handle for my Instagram. Uh, my Twitter is basically me retweeting a lot of Lin-Manuel Miranda and <laughs> also like going off po- on political stuff. Um, and yeah, my Instagram is like mostly photos of movies I like with the occasional like fun outfit and uh, lots of photos of the Obamas. So, <laughs> uh, Speaking of Twitter, if you want to tweet at us, we're at Do I Still Love It. You can also email us at Do I Still Love It and find us on Facebook. We're Do I Still Love It everywhere. So uh, definitely hit us up. Let us know if you remembered the obscure Shelley Duvall's Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme and how, how emotionally moved you were. Uh, but, uh, so thanks again to Rogwani for coming in. This has been Marshall James. And Laura Weiss. Uh, and, uh, you know, two out of three still loved it. <laughs> two out of three ain't and two bad. two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> no. Did I